With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good snowy morning, Prince George. Trudy Clausen here with my guest, Neil Godbout. Neil, welcome. Hi, Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. Uh, so Neil is the editor of the Prince George Citizen, um, and which is the longest running newspaper in our community. It was here like when? Do you know offhand? Yep. yep. 19, uh, 1915. It started uh, the year before the city, sorry, the year after the city was incorporated. So it's actually 1916. All right. Okay. Well, and now how long have you been editor there? I have been the editor. Oh, my God. Where did the time go? It'll be 11 years in April. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, uh, Neil and I have the hour to chat stuff, and we always enjoy just talking about anything around the world. But, I mean, of course, the first thing and the most important thing that's going on in our community today is the announcement yesterday from PG Pulp. Right. Neil, you said you could say a lot. So let's, uh, I will just give you the floor. Well, I, I, I guess part of it is, and I actually want to engage you a little bit, Trudy, but I, I mean, right, this is 300 plus jobs out of the community, and that's not yeah, including the indirect jobs that will be lost, which right? Is, is, which will also be substantial. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, I, I think this is as if we needed another reminder mm-hmm. that the the relationship that Canfor and forestry companies and the provincial government have with Northern BC and its resi- and its residents is a transactional one. We'll pay you wages, and right, the proceeds go to our coffers in the form of revenue. And I'm not just saying that about Canfor, I'm saying that about the provincial government as well, right? Is right, all of that revenue goes to Victoria and it goes to spending on whatever Victoria deems important. Uh, whether that's for Northern BC residents or whether that's to build another crossing to the North Shore in Vancouver to build the Massey Tunnel or, or to build, uh, to renovate the uh, Royal BC Museum in Victoria. Um, Right. So, right. There's always, there, there's that. And so if, if it's a transactional relationship, then why should Prince George residents in particular, the, the ones most directly affected take this lying down? So let me ask you a hypothetical question. All right. Okay. Why should a Canfor pulp employee that take his or her severance check to buy their family groceries that save on foods. You, you, well, see, from- you, you see where you see where I'm going with this, <laughs> yes. right? J- yeah. the, the, right. Jim Pattison is a majority shareholder mm-hmm. of Canfor, and Jim Pattison also owns the four save on food stores in Prince George. Hmm. Right. He also owns right a TV station and two radio stations in this town. He also owns the bus advertising and the vast majority of the outdoor advertising as well. So, so what is the incentive for these employees to take their severance checks well, and turn it around and support his well, business? Well, I mean, okay. Really? So, <laughs> this is a lovely discussion. Uh, I mean, because the reason that they will go to Save on Foods... Uh, is because that's basically Save on Foods is the one uh, grocer that we have in town that is not a mega grocer like Costco or Superstore. Jim Pattison's not a mega grocer? 
Well, no, but, it, but I mean, it's a smaller grocery store. Like, that's what I mean. Like, if you don't want to go to the huge grocery stores or stores like Costco then and Superstore, then you go to Savon. Right. Okay. That's your only I, choice. I, I, I see where you're going with this, right? Walmart's yeah. American-owned. Oh, right. Costco's Walmart. American-owned. Yeah. Uh, so that leaves us with Superstore, which is part of the Loblaws chain. They own Shoppers Drug Mart yeah. as well. They're Ontario-based. I, I get that. Yeah. I get that. But... But it, well, my point is that in pr- in practical terms, you got to buy your groceries somewhere. So and, that and, is why and, they and, will. And we, do, and we do have choices in Prince George, though. You, you see where I'm going with this, yeah, okay. right? Okay. Is that it, it's and and so 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 am I am I endorsing a, a boycott of Save On Foods? I would say that's up to the in- individuals, and I would say, frankly, that's up to their friends, their family, and anyone else in Prince George. But if I heard someone was boycotting Save On Foods because of the can four layoffs. I'd understand. Mm-hmm. I'd completely understand. So you don't see this as a business decision on 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 Canfor's part, based on the market the conditions, market conditions yada yada, stuff. all of that. That that's the narrative, right? That Canfor pushed out yesterday, yes. and, and 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 that is the constant business narrative. It's not our fault. It's market conditions. Blah 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 blah. Canfor's third quarter earnings were over $200 million. Canfor's first three quarters of 2022, they haven't reported the last quarter of 2022 yet, that'll happen next month, is over a billion dollars. Now, of course, that's worldwide. Canfor owns mills and operations in Sweden, the United States, elsewhere. I get that. Um, However, is it it's a business, like you say, it's a business decision, which gets back to my main point. So, in other words, it's a transactional relationship mm-hmm. with communities like Prince George and its residents, which then says, okay, if it's a transactional relationship as local not- residents, we can make that a transactional relationship, too. I'm not supporting your stores. I'm not supporting your media outlets and so on. So I, I'm what I'm get what I'm getting from you is that if Canfor wants to come here and utilize our resources to fill up their coffers and their personal right. bank accounts, which I mean that's the way it goes, right? Then they own they owe some duty to the residents. Isn't that what we call social capital? That is social capital, indeed. Right? So it, they're taking it. They're taking the position that they can do this and get away with it. Well, and, 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 but, but, but this is, 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 this is the way companies work. They work on a, on a quarter to quarter, month to month revenue basis. Um, well, and, and there are arguments to be made that that is a really bad plan. Well, exactly. Because, because it, it, it favors shareholders exclusively mm-hmm. and workers are cogs in the machine. And right before anybody kind of says I'm a socialist for talking about that, I, right? Take all the isms out of it. Yeah. Right. That's the reality. Yeah. Um, and, and so and but to me, it speaks to and Canfor isn't the only culprit here. The B.C. government is also a huge culprit as well. The, the mismanagement of this region's forest sector comes down to stumpage rates comes down to but but again that short term let's get as much revenue into whether it's the provincial government coffers or canfor's yeah. coffers as possible and then suddenly oh market conditions have changed oh it's not our fault right 
So, so Canfor is already pointing the finger at the provincial government. Yeah. When Premier Eby is here next week, he's going to point the finger at Canfor. Yes. Right. And 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 so so then you have this sort of plausible <laughs> deniability between the two of them, and and the when worker, they're blatantly in and cahoots, the, and the worker and the city, the health of our city, the vibrancy of our city is in stuck in the middle. Right. So so now let me kind of turn this around. Okay. And I, I know you're the host of the show, but you're also a, a, a sitting city councillor. City councillor, let, let me uh, ape uh, the uh, late Ben Meisner if you were sitting in this room. All right. City councillor Trudy Cawson, what are you going to do about this? Oh, my goodness. Gosh, I'm new. That's my excuse. <laughs> But 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 but, no. but but really, this is and, and yeah. this is a fair question to all of our elected leaders, our, our mayor, our city council, our MLAs, and our MPs. What are you going to do about it? Well, I think, what, and this is something. I mean, the interesting thing is that interesting, sad, whatever. We were in the middle of strategic planning when yeah. the announce when we heard that the announcement was going to be made um, as councillors uh, or council. Um, and and there's certainly a, a knowledge around the table that we need to be looking at diversifying our our economy. There's that knowledge, but then pushing that forward into actually meaning something. And I think one of the problems that we've had in BC is that consolidation of power for Canfor uh, to have almost um, a monopoly power in the north. I mean, I know that we've got Lakeland and I, we've got Carrier, uh, but those are our two other companies that are significantly smaller than Canfor. But when you when you when your systems and policies and regulations favor the bigger players, this is the cities pay the price. The Absolutely. people pay the price. Absolutely. And so, I would assume that that would. I mean, I, no, I shouldn't say I would assume that is probably a role that the city could play in and say, listen, provincial government, uh, we need to maybe look at changing policies because municipalities, regions, the small rural and remote communities take the hit on this every time. So what does, what comfort, what what can you do for the 300 people who've lost their jobs? Golly. I mean, the city is not that's not a, a city I, I, thing, I, right? I, I hear you. We, what we can do is, I mean, and this is small comfort, cold comfort on a, on a day like today, because I think there's, you know, you have to acknowledge the pain and suffering this will cause. And like, it doesn't matter if you get a, another job two weeks from now. It, it hurts. I mean, all of your whole. And it, the, the likelihood it, of it paying as well and having as good benefits as working at yeah, the and, and, and just slim and none. And the ease of being able to work in your home community. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's cold comfort to say, well, you can. I mean, in the in the current job market, you can go and find another job elsewhere, most likely. Yeah. Um, but it's not as easy, and so that is why. I, like I mean, my campaign was build a thriving city because and and on and developing our natural resources in our area, but it also has to be in a way that supports our area that the money doesn't just leave the city. So, if I were to say to you, Councillor Clausen, that maybe you should bring a motion forward to raise the tax rates on all Jim Patterson-owned properties in Prince George. <laughs> Gosh, he might have. Uh he might have leeway to sue. I'm, I'm thinking he might. The city of Prince George sets its tax rates any way it's likes. Oh, what's what's golly. the legal challenge there? 
Okay, so if this happens, with, I, we're blaming Neil. Le- there, could, there, could, there could be legal issues. I get it. Well, but, but at the same time, why can't right the city of Prince George, as a way again because of this transactional relationship, is to say, well, you know what? If this is a way that right that you're going to treat the city of Prince George and its residents, uh, well, okay, then let's do business. So if we, if if you want to pr- approach it a bit more pragmatically, you could say, hey, any employer that are, that uh, employ, employs more than a hundred people, the tax rate will go up simply because of the risk that we're exposing our residents to. Because your private mm-hmm. decisions have a huge impact on our city. Right. And we're trying to keep some of those profits that go into your shareholders' pro- pockets. We're actually trying to keep that local. And, well, because our responsibility is to the residents, to the city, to make That's sure right. that it's working. And when you when something like this happens, it's like poof. Well, be, be, because because this is, uh, I, I mean, this argument has been made for many many years by people far more eloquent and thoughtful and better educated about right economic macroeconomic forces and social forces than I am. Is is that major industries and major employers have been actually what's the phrase carpet bagging right right writing the tale of of smaller taxpayers and smaller governments for years because the 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 benefit provided to them by municipal governments and by their employees far exceeds what they're putting back into the into those communities. Yeah, and that's actually something like I've I've done a little bit of study on that and just I I just know even from a business standpoint for a business to compete against a bigger player it's so difficult because the policies the regulations and everything are all written and you and you know sometimes you wonder were they sponsored by <laughs> the bigger players because the bigger player can afford to have a safety and manager. lawyers and lobby groups and yeah. all of that whereas the mom and pop government. store uh, you know if yeah. they're required to have a huge hugely complicated and difficult safety plan for instance picking on that um, that costs them a whole lot more than it does the big company now I I've been picking on Jim Patterson and yeah. Canfor but I, I Right. I I'd also, and I've mentioned it already, but it, we have to pick on the provincial government. How and, about we do that and, after our break? Okay. Because I've got a couple we, suggestions on okay, that Okay. All right. We, we're going to be, uh, we're talking with Neil Godbu, talking about PG Pulp and now going into provincial government. So uh, join us after the break. Featuring the latest songs from artists in Canada and from around the world. Hosted by DJs from coast to coast to coast. 30 minutes of Canada's newest music downloaded exclusively from the Earshot's digital distribution system. For more information about the show, check out earshot-distro.ca. Listen up, Canada. This is your show on your station. Canada's Earshot Daily. Weekday nights at 1130 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. The Q3 Creative Business Hub is home to the Q3 Community Market. The market has tables available for home-based businesses year-round for greater exposure of your products and services. Reasonably priced in the air-conditioned comfort of the Q3 Creative Business Hub, it's ideal for crafters and independent professionals alike. Reserve your table today by emailing q3building at gmail.com. The Q3 Community Market, Saturdays from 830 to 2 at the corner of Quebec and 3rd. 
Eat healthy and fresh at Homesteader Meats, founded by Ben and Rosella Clausen in 1982. Homesteader Meats has two premium quality meat and gluten-free products, plus Wednesday is Seniors Day at Homesteader Meats. Seniors 55 and over save 10% off regular prices. Single portions are available in most items, including pierogies and sausages, and there are half-pound packages off ground beef, ground pork, stew meat, and meat pies. Everything from Erladen to patties is at Homesteader Meats in two locations, College Heights and Park Hill Center. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today with fog dissipating near noon. Snow this morning. Wind from the south at 20 starting late this morning. A high of minus 1 with a morning wind chill to minus 14. Tonight cloudy. Snow or freezing rain beginning early this evening. Then a 70% chance of showers after midnight. More south winds. Temperature rising to plus 2 by morning. For Friday cloudy with a few showers beginning near noon. South winds becoming light early in the morning. A high of 2. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, we're back uh, talking with Neil Godbu. We spent the first uh, segment talking about Canfor and and uh, maybe ways that we could, uh, you know, make it so the big the big players in our community uh, expose us to less risk but let's okay you were saying let's go after the provincial government so so and and, and I do want to make it clear I, I'm not demonizing Jim Pattison the man or or right employees at the Jim Pattison group that's not what I'm trying to do here is is and that's why I said it's it, let's go back to the great phrase from the the Godfather it's not personal it's just business <laughs> right okay if that's really so, the case so, then so then, what's the horse's head right then I then I think <laughs> good, one, good one Trudy then then I think right then I think Prince the city of Prince George and its residents can then say, okay, fine, it's not personal, it's just business, and make decisions that protect their own interests. And 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 if it hits Jim Pattison's bottom line, well, hey, it's not personal, it's just business. But I do want to get to the provincial government, and and this is where I, I think both the city of Prince George and local residents and those employees and their friends and families who have lost their jobs uh, can have an immediate impact, and that's on Tuesday. When Premier Eby is in town to speak at the Natural Resources ah. Forum, how wonderful would it be to fill the Canada Games Plaza with people, Prince George residents, right? Those those workers demanding action, hmm. not platitudes of "Oh, we're working with Canfor and we're and doing we're- to help empl- employees transition." No, 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 no. We want a long range plan, and but also short term action to protect these employees and by extension the entire community right spare us the platitudes we want action um and and, and i and to me nothing speaks uh, nothing gets politicians uh, uh, attention than to right so do you think to, this was to walk a in a, a building and there's hundreds of people outside <laughs> making a hell of a racket? So do you think this was a bit of a move by Canfor to have the premier coming next week and uh, just I, having the layoff here? I, I, I think that was an accident, mm-hmm. uh, a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, I think it would be incumbent on um, local residents to take advantage of that. And and I would hope, uh, and now I'm broadcasting this to you as a city councillor, but also to the rest of council and to Mayor Simon Yu, I sure as hell hope that whether that meeting is a 15-minute meeting, a 30-minute meeting, whatever, but uh, you guys need some FaceTime mm-hmm. with the Premier when he comes here. 
um, right, is is to right. You guys, you, you guys are the elected officials. You need to be the advocates. So you've been um, you you've been the editor of the Citizen for all these years. You've done a lot of reading on what ails the forest sector in particular. So what would you suggest? What would I suggest? Well, I'm I'm not a policymaker, no. but but. It, but but the what thing, are some of the issues that you hear? Because well, that's I, right. I mean, I've 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 identified some of them. Is 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 this procrastination on the part of Canfor, West Fraser, and the big players, uh, as well as the provincial government, in terms of a sustainable forestry policy policies and practices? Um, it's. Uh, the mountain pine, the, the worst of the mountain pine beetle crisis was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so now Canfor is saying, well, reductions in the annual allowable cut. Really? Right. Th- th- this has been a crisis 20 years in the making. Uh, we've had different provincial governments, different premiers, and nothing's been done. And here we are. And where, but, but you can't make fiber just appear. Well, well, but 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 see, the other thing is is that we also need to look at, and and if you look at Canfor's release yesterday, they didn't say fiber, cost competitive fiber. In other words, cheap enough fiber that right. they can turn a profit. Mm-hmm. So, because what they don't want to talk about is the amount of fiber that's left in the bush. Mm-hmm. Right, because the, and the amount of fiber that's left in the bush or is too far away from the nearest pulp mill to make economic sense from a profit point of view so to haul you, out of the bush. So, I mean, in, in other words, it's cheaper to burn it yep. than it is to haul it out. So, do you think, and I mean, Mike Morris would probably know the answer to this, but yep, uh, he would, and so would John Rustad. Yes, uh, about whether or not. Like how much of the fiber is left out, and, and all of those those. Right. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, it's an open secret. Anybody who works in logging, from truck loggers to right, knows this. Is is that and right? I mean, when they log a block, it, it, it's right. The machines go in and do the work, and right, it, the most valuable timber gets gets put on a truck, and the yeah. rest gets pushed into a pile, and and so so. When, when Canfor says it's a lack of fiber, that's simply not true. Well, it's, and it's that's a, not even the what lack, they're saying. It's it's the lack of cost, cost of competitive fiber. fiber, right? There's lots of fiber. So, but then of course it comes down to who's going to pay for it, right? Should should Canfor sacrifice some of those hundreds of million dollars of profit to haul that out? Should the provincial government help that? Along in some sort of incentive subsidization. Oh, hang on, we can't do that because of the well, the softwood lumber disp- uh, agreement wouldn't really. That's more about lumber, but anyway. Um, but right, it all comes down to who's going to pay. And so, I, I again, I would say, as part of a right of of a you know stumpage fees and timber licenses and that sort of thing is there's certainly an obligation for companies like Canfor and West Fraser to haul far more fiber out of the bush than they are and to keep right yeah. pulp employees working. Well, and that's and and this I mean it it's sort of um like those large huge massive mills require an awful lot 
a fiber. And it's one of the reasons that they've been so profitable, but also they've also been able to squeeze out the smaller players and the smaller players are often better at managing a lot of things and they're easier, they're, they, it's easier for them to turn a profit. Well, well and, and so and, is that part of the the thing that needs to happen? Well, but but the other but the other problem with with the bigger outfits is that their their connection to their communities when they do business is slim to none. Mm-hmm. Right? Again, their relationship is transactional, not personal. The relationship between Jim Pattison and the senior management of Canfor Canfor Pulp. With Prince George and say the relationship that Greg Stewart and the Lakeland group have with Prince George is far different. Far different, yeah. Yep. Um, and, and to me, this speaks back to local companies and local control. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and this is a frustrating thing for, for those employees and, and for local residents in general. Yeah. Is, is. is that the control is not here. Nope. The control is in Victoria, and the control is in the C-suite offices of Canfor and West Fraser. Right? And those offices are not here. They are not here. Okay, well, it is time for our break. Do you think we can just, sorry, Steve, before we go, do you think we can talk about Canfor more, or should we segue to a different topic? I, I, I want to talk about uh, Prince George being the crime capital of B.C. All right, so that's what we'll be doing after the break. UNBC has a couple of special colloquium presentations happening on Wednesday, January 18th. Deepa Filatow, a provincial bioterrain specialist with BC Public Service, will present the Williston Wetland Explorer Tool at noon, followed by Neil Fletcher and Rebecca Ingram from the BC Wildlife Federation with their talk, Where Do We Go From Here? This is a free online presentation, but registration is required. Registration is available through the colloquium broadcast link at unbc.ca slash nres Institute. Ron's Hole in the Wall is now open six days a week in the Q3 Creative Business Hub. Stop by and check out his great assortment of books, magazines, DVDs, and collectibles. Tuesday through Friday between 10 and 2. Ron's Hole in the Wall is also open during the Q3 Community Market, Saturday from 8.30 to 2. Drop in regularly as always something different in store. Ron's Hole in the Wall now open Tuesday through Saturday in the Q3 Creative Business Hub, downtown at the corner of Quebec and 3rd. Cheer on world-class athletes during the 2023 Nordic Canada Selection Trials and Nordic Cup at the Caledonia Nordic Ski Centre. From January 18th to 21st, Canada's best cross-country skiers are in Prince George to compete to earn a coveted spot on one of Nordic Canada's World Championship teams. The top athletes will represent Team Canada at the Nordic World Ski Championships. International athletes will also be on site training and joining in the action to add world-class competition to the races. Learn more at caledonianordic.com. The Prince George Community Foundation is pleased to partner with the Community Foundation of Canada and the Government of Canada to administer the Community Services Recovery Fund in northern B.C. More information on the fund is available online at communityservicesrecoveryfund.ca where you can also explore a resource section and sign up for a webinar on how to apply. Applications for the Community Services Recovery Fund are being accepted through February 21st. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, we're back with Neil. So, Neil, we're going to be talking a lot of negative stuff. We better end on a positive note, but we have one more negative thing to get through, maybe two more. <laughs> I, see, and I don't, I don't see this. I mean, I mean obviously. And, and no, that's fine, because you have to talk about that stuff. 
Well, if to, to me, we either run run away from fires or run towards them. Well, and and that's the thing. That's why you have to talk about this stuff. Exactly. Is, is that um, if if we don't run towards problems, we can't possibly address them. No, because and, and yeah. you know this this thing with Canfor pulp is is a huge problem, and obviously for three hundred families, it's a big problem and a yeah. personal problem. Yeah. Uh, and Not to say anything about all the spinoffs. At, that's right. And so, and, and in terms of uh, uh, our reporting yesterday, Arthur Williams did a great job going through the Statistics Canada Crime Severity Index to identify, right, and comparing the communities in, in BC to find out that Prince George, looking at data from the last 24 years, Prince George is the crime capital of BC, and that's crime per capita. So, right? so how how Statistics Canada? Yes, and and how Statistics Canada measures it is, is also per capita. But what they do is they it's weighted. crime severity. It's crime severity, and so obviously things like murders and violent crime rate higher and have a higher numeric value than B&E's. So if you have a murder, it counts as maybe 10 points, whereas a broken window or B&E counts as five. Exactly. For each incident. Exactly. And so, uh, and and this is the ranking they use across Canada, not just BC. And, and so the, the, the 100 is the base value and 100 is kind of the average. Okay. And Prince George was I believe at 195. So so our I, so so for the folks who have been saying for years that crime is bad in Prince George, lo and behold you're right. Um which of course then poses some significant challenges for the city of Prince George and for you, Councillor Clausen. Yes. Uh, right? Is, is in terms of, right, police budgets mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And of course, this is going to be a very challenging budgetary year to begin with. There's a yep. police report on the table already saying that there needs to be a significant increase as in millions of dollars uh, spent to hire more, not just officers, but support staff for yep. the for the for the local detachment. And some people would argue that's throwing good money after bad. The courts aren't doing their job of prosecuting uh, repeat offenders. Da, 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 da. That's a completely it's it's related but separate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, lots of complex problems mm-hmm. and and again we can either kind of not talk about it and let's talk about nicer things or we can run towards the problems and try and fix them so if neil godbu was mr mayor where would you be heading with this where would i be heading with this um like what are some potential solutions and like i mean just i mean simply because because you've been an editor of the of the paper for so long you've got you have a lot of that information that probably uh even a voracious reader doesn't have i i, I guess I, I i guess i would point out one thing from the last 8 years and and i know i'm i'm i know i'm seen as a lin hall basher um and, and and I am, but on the one hand, I I, I also I, I understand what Lynn Hall and the the two city councils he sat he presided over as mayor, what he was trying to do. Lynn Hall was extremely pro development, mm-hmm. and we're seeing that mm-hmm. with the apartment buildings going up and and just the amount of construction activity, home building activity, all of that. From, from from that metric, 
Lynn Hall and those two councils, the 2014 and 2018 uh, elected councils, did a fantastic job. <laughs> and, 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 but this is often used as the, well, if we, if we just get people working and, and, and business activity and economic activity up, the other things will take care of themselves. And clearly they so don't. What, so what are we missing? Because, I mean, and I'll, and I'll challenge you back a little bit, because Ellis Ross of of the Heisla Nation over in, I think, Kitimat, yep. uh, that ha- ha- was a huge part of his platform because he really saw that um, that economic opportunity and economic uh, improvement in his community for for the families made a huge difference. He said that, that it was the single biggest factor in improving social outcomes for and, his and community. You just said it, the single biggest factor. Yeah. But if you do that at the detriment of the other factors, particularly the social factors... Um, so what are we missing? Well, what we've been missing is while while again we uh, we had a mayor and council that were pr- predominantly focused because on all economic the de- activity. Yeah, all the development hasn't seemed. And I would I would push back a little bit on the economic activity because I would say, well, we've had a lot of uh, development, but have we had business and opportunity development? I, I, we have lots of people have been working. Our unemployment rate is 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 reflective of that. How busy the Costco parking lot and the Pine Center parking lots and 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 the 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 Amazon packages packages showing up is is lots of people in Prince George are doing well as a result of this economic so activity. Then what's missing? But lots of people aren't. And and that's and that's my point. And and we all t- to me a democracy. I, I don't think I'm alone in this. It is that most people feel that that a democracy in any society is measured not by how well most people are are doing or how well the the top people on the economic food chain are doing, but how well the, the people on class. the bottom well okay. are doing and how well we look after the people who, for a variety of different reasons. Uh, are unable or have a lot of difficulty looking after themselves. And so we've done a good job of, of priming the economic pump, but, and I get it, I, I, you know, the First Avenue housing and the Aboriginal housing on 17th, I get that. There has been progress. I'm not saying there's been nothing. But what I am saying is that some of that was missed. Okay. Um, uh, and, and, and maybe, and of course there are other factors. I, I completely get that. And, and again, this is where I'm going to pick on the provincial government again with the provincial government controls so many of the purse strings around all of this stuff. Uh, again, whether it's housing, uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry identified the opioid crisis as a public health crisis long before COVID came along. Yes, and we had And the province did what? Zippo, I believe. Province did what? Zippo. And, and COVID made it worse. Yeah. And so 
I, I, again, I mean, I, even even if uh, uh, Prince George residents didn't have 300 reasons to rally uh, in Canada Games Plaza on Tuesday when the premier is here. So what time on Tuesday? Uh, oh, well, he's here, he's here in the evening. He's <laughs> okay. here in the evening, and the ministers are also around for the day in the morning, the oh. Wednesday morning. All right. Okay. Uh, we'll be back, I think, because you identified the problem, but we haven't gotten to any of the solu- possible solutions. Uh, we'll be back after this break. The Prince George Iceman is celebrating its 36th anniversary with the return to a full Iceman event. Experience the season with the Ultimate Winter Challenge, an 8K ski, 10K run, and 5K skate, followed by a 5K run and an 800-meter swim. It's a race for everyone from beginner to elite athlete with solo and relay team categories available. Registration is available through pgiceman.ca or the Prince George Iceman Facebook page. The 2023 Prince George Iceman, Sunday, February 12th, Experience the excitement. Whether you're fed up with the nozzle failing to fuel your car at the gas station or you're a driver dealing with a flat tire, consumer complaints do not belong on the emergency lines. Ecom has released its annual top 10 list of calls that don't belong on 911. Check out the top 10 at ecom911.ca and find a comprehensive list of alternative resources on their website, nonemergency.ca, and remember to only use 911 for police, fire, and ambulance emergencies. The City of Prince George Leisure Access Program provides opportunities for residents with limited income to participate in a variety of recreational activities. Leisure Access participants receive complimentary swimming or skating admissions, discounts on lessons, and free transit for children 12 and under accompanied by adults on weekends. Eligibility details and applications for the City of Prince George Leisure Access Program are available through the Permits and Applications page under City Services at PrinceGeorge.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today with fog dissipating near noon. Snow this morning. Wind from the south at 20 starting late this morning. A high of minus 1 with a morning wind chill to minus 14. Tonight cloudy. Snow or freezing rain beginning early this evening. Then a 70% chance of showers after midnight. More south winds. Temperature rising to plus 2 by morning. For Friday cloudy with a few showers beginning near noon. South wind becoming light early in the morning. A high of 2. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. <laughs> All right. We're back uh, talking with Neil Godbu. Neil, we were just talking about um, how despite all the development over the last uh, two terms of mayor and council, um, our crime rate is still the highest in uh, B.C. by a large margin. Yeah. Um, our costs aren't that high in comparable, in comparably, I don't think. Because I think the co- the if if the rest of the province or most other, if the average in the province is the scale is a hundred and we're at one hundred and ninety five, I don't think we're paying that much more for police services. Well, but Inspector Wright has been making this case for years that right the city of Prince George has not been investing enough. Yeah. In terms of personnel. And we're already spending, what is it, of our budget? Is it around 60% on uh, public well, safety? Well, yeah, it's, it's, that's the whole piece. So there's fire in that yep. and all sorts of things. But I mean, fire... A- Adam, Adam Davy and Chris Dalio, uh, yep. right, the two directors that the city could give you the exact answer yep, to but that. But I think but, it's around 60. But, uh, I mean, the mayor before Lynn Hall, Sherry Green, found that out in terms of, right, she ran and was elected in 2011 on doing a core review 
uh, right? Because apparently there was all these millions of dollars that could easily be found in the city's budget. And lo and behold, oh, geez, half or more is tied up in police and fire and public safety I mean, and services. There are some efficiencies to be found in that we could be doing some work towards triaging so that not every 911 call results in all three uh, agencies right. showing up, right? Um, so that is something that I think is going to be worked on. Or- and uh, we... Every once in a while, the idea of municipal police force rears its head as well. Yeah, but I don't think that... Yeah. But let's talk about community safety and some of the broader... So one of the things that was mentioned in the police uh, report that was recently came to council was uh, that we are a city that has, with this huge crime rate, we have no community safety and well-being plan. Do you think that's just some bureaucrat or some, you know... It wasn't a bureaucrat that wrote it, but some consultant writing fancy words. Or do you think there's actually something there? Yes. Okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, what, what, what I'm getting at is that, yes, there is a... Oh. Right. There, I, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> yes thinking, to both questions. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so uh, right, let's start it, with the consultant. Right, what do you think? Is, is, is that, I mean, that's what consultants do. We need a plan. We... Hire me again, yes, and, and I'll, I'll write the plan for you. Yes, right? okay. So, so there's all, right to me. You've always to me that's the grain of salt that needs to be taken. Right, is that if there's recommendation of a plan. But that being said, the consultant is correct, and and really what the plan needs to be is coordination. Yes, is you have all of the you have not only the RCMP, not only Northern Health, you have all of these support agencies. Some private, some not for profit, yeah. some public. Everybody, all, all these people working. In, in fact, there's an industry well, around it. Well, oh, absolutely. Right? And and and, but not a lot of coordination. And and of course, to coordinate it is to, by its very nature, you're going to put <clears throat> someone in charge. Uh, or a group of people in charge. And so some agencies and some directors and employees with those agencies will be elevated and other agencies will be left in the cold and the fight is on. That's a political fight. That's a social fight. But at some point, somebody's got to make a decision. And we're talking sort of this is sort of a mid-level thing, right? Like like thinking about, okay, how can we improve the safety and well-being of our community at a sort of mid-level. I mean, one thing that I I spent a lot of time in the past year because I knew this this was my weak spot because I knew the downtown issue, the downtown problems issue would be big. And so I spent a lot of time trying to educate myself about it and th- sort of at the end of the day, every person who is homeless who does not want to be homeless has unique reasons and their path out of that is going to be unique. But then there are agencies and and this is where you where what you said applies is that we have I think it's around 50 agencies working with folks downtown and surely we can surely there is a ton of overlap in the in and just um waste if you look at it from a little bit of, of a bird's eye view. So how do you reduce that waste? And, of course, and then the overarching problem is you have different levels of government. It's not like the city of Prince George can use the politician's phrase, bring everyone to the table. 
the province is involved. And as soon as you start talking about indigenous populations, the feds are involved. And, of course, the First Nations have their own government structures. They become involved. And it gets complicated really fast. And un- unfortunately, then it becomes where the feds and the provinces don't really want to assert authority because that upsets local governments, that upsets First Nations governments. Um, and it, it just becomes, I, I, I have an impolite word that I'm not going to say. Uh, I'm trying to find the more polite word. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it's a cluster so-and-so. Um, and, but it, that's what I'm getting at, is that at, at some point there needs to be an agreement of who's in charge so I've had, and what's going to happen. So um, I've had people say what we need to have is actually a mayor's roundtable where the mayor invites people to come. And by by it being his roundtable, he gets to dictate some of the terms and gets to control a little bit the conversation. That that's, Is that something that you've seen ever be effective? I, I, I praised uh, editorially. Uh, Councillor Sampson for bringing that notice of motion forward. A, a conversation is better than the status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took a little bit of a bashing for that. Well, and it's, you know, we're done with meetings. Well, unfortunately, it's going to be a lot more meetings before we move we get this anywhere. forward. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that we frankly haven't had a lot of meetings on yeah. this front, uh, largely because who's at the table? Who gets to be heard? Who speaks on behalf of the vulnerable populations? Right. All of these things need to be unpacked. Would So, right, you mentioned uh, yourself and the rest of your council colleagues were sitting in strategic planning. Um, right. You're setting the direction, the strategic plan. Right. And then there's, uh, OK, what are you actually yeah. going to do? The tactics. Right. But the strategic plan for the next four years. Um, where do you hope to be in four years mm-hmm. on this front? Do you, are we going to be in the same position or are we are we punting the ball forward? Or are we going to see some improvement? Even if it's small, it's something. That's true. All right, we're going to be back uh, with our last segment after this. If you're a student between the ages of 7 and 18 who needs a little help with homework, the Saturday Study Hall at the downtown branch of the Prince George Public Library may be just what you need. Every Saturday between 10.30 and 4.30, you can bring your schoolwork and get help from their tutor or your peers. It's a free drop-in event for students, but you are advised to check the website at pgpl.ca for which Saturdays the Study Hall will be in session. The next NRESI colloquium at UNBC is Friday. Dr. Teresa Adesanya, Assistant Professor in the Department of Geography, Earth and Environmental Sciences at UNBC, will present Characterizing the Plant-Assisted Attenuation of Antibiotics. The presentation is free to attend in room 7-212 at UNBC. Characterizing the Plant-Assisted Attenuation of Antibiotics with Dr. Teresa Adesanya from the Department of Geography, Earth and Environment Sciences, Friday afternoon from 3.30 to 4.30 in room 7-212. 
212 at UNBC. The Prince George RCMP is requesting your help in locating 31-year-old Colin Michaud Durand. Durand is wanted for breaching his release order and is described as a Caucasian male, six foot two, 170 pounds, with brown hair, black eyes, and a scar on his right jaw. He has been known to use the alias Devin Durand, is considered violent, and should not be approached. If you know Colin Durand's whereabouts, you're asked to call the RCMP at 250-561-3300. The Prince George Senior Resource Centre now has a debit machine. If you're needing to pay for one of their many programs or services, or would just like to make a donation, you now have the option of paying with debit. Of course, they also still accept cash, checks, money orders, and e-transfers. Check out the Resource Centre's many programs and services online at pgcos.ca or stop by the centre on Victoria Street near 7th. The Prince George Council of Seniors Resource Centre, now accepting payments by debit. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, we've spent the last uh, nearly hour talking about uh, PG Pulp and, and and the upcoming resource sector and what can the city do it, what can, you know, just average folks do about it. Let's uh, switch a little bit and um, talk about the two most curious editorials that my guest has written in the past year and the first one was recommending mayor hall for freedom of the city see and that that gets back to the whole right that i have this right that i'm sort of anti lynn hall and and right and i certainly in his eight years of mayor i wrote critical editorials and two of them calling for his resignation it was particularly hard on him in the second term but i also thought he deserved it and i think i made a case for it i also think i made a case that Lynn Hall, along with Murray Krauss, be recognized with the freedom of the city. This is the highest civilian honor that local government can bestow on a citizen. Um, Lynn Hall's contribution, um, three decades in politics, uh, extensive volunteer record uh, in the community, and also one of was on the founding committee, along with Murray Krauss, that created the Prince George Community Foundation. The, com- the, the Community Foundation, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a past volunteer and I'm a regular contributor, I have my own fund mm-hmm. oh. in, in the foundation. Oh. I, I, I have both bequeathed money when I die... And I also contribute monthly to a fund. The Prince George Community Foundation is perhaps the greatest gift that the founders, of which Lynn Hall and Murray Krause were part of, is the greatest gift to this community in terms of right those grants that go out to a variety of groups every quarter and the more money that the foundation has, the more money that then can go out to the community. It, it literally is, uh, it, it's a bank account for everyone. I, I, I go to sleep well at night knowing that long after I'm gone, that my dollars will still be helping Prince George and Prince George residents and Prince George groups. And that gives me a lot of pride and a lot of comfort um, and and I would encourage everybody to support it. So I, I'm looking at former Mayor Hall's career 
in 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 its entirety as opposed to the missteps of which there were uh and i would argue any politician that actually was worth their salt and actually got in and got to work doing things mistakes will be made we all have to be held accountable for that politicians in particular because right they're elected to that they're that's the responsibility they took. Um, Lynn Hall was the chair of the school board during an extremely difficult time. Um, and, um, right, with school closures and that sort of thing. And um, that's pretty commendable that the school board chair that led the school district to close... Ten schools, I think? Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, was then trusted enough to win a term on city council and then trusted enough to be mayor. Um, he's a good man. I didn't always agree with his politics. I didn't always agree with both his, his actions. And frankly, I would argue if he were sitting here to his face that his biggest crimes were his inaction. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his unwillingness to take leadership when leadership was needed. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then. You spoke about being able to sleep at night. Taping your mouth shut. <laughs> Want to sleep better? Tape your mouth shut was, uh, was the title of that. Yeah, I wrote that last week. Um, I, and I, and I, I mean, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's a, it's I'm a, not the first person to say it. Well, that's just, it, I had never heard about something like that. And, and, and believe it or not, and, and that's why I encourage people in that, right? Google. Okay, okay so let's give Google it a title. Google sleep mouth tape. So, so, okay, so what we're talking about here is is were you a snorer? Yes. Okay. So the, Neil's uh, editorial was about tape your mouth shut so that you can sleep at night. Yes, and so most and and if you share a bed with a partner, that they can sleep better at night too. Okay. And so it, it sometimes the partner might extend it, the tape a bit. Well, yes, and I, I did crack some jokes about that. <laughs> whatever. What, what what of course the tape does is it reduces the mouth breathing. Right. Yeah. And, and, and there, there's a growing body of research to show that, that mouth breathing isn't good for us. Well, yes. And, 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 and also that there is knowledge that literally extends back, not centuries, but millennia. But how did we survive this long? Without knowing this trick. <laughs> well, but, but, but the, but the thing is, is that there are other cultures and, and other that have known for right a long time that nose breathing is the most healthy way to breathe. Yes. The, this is, this is how, uh, I mean, the Eastern tradition certainly. Abs- absolutely. Uh, meditation, yoga, all of that to, to get to, uh, right, not for mental health, but also this transcendent thing, and 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 again the physical benefits of be- breathing through our nose, not just when we're awake, but when we're asleep, and so that's where that's where the tape comes in, especially <laughs> as we get older. Our right. So how did you like? How did you get? I, 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 did I, someone I, suggest it to I, you? I, like, like I said in the editorial, it was James Nestor's book *Breathe*. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. That that really in, inspired that, and I thought, well, I'll try it myself. And I'm a year and a half in, and that's why I thought, you know what, this experiment has gone on long enough. I think I can speak to it from a place of knowledge now. <laughs> it's not something I tried last week, and I said, hey, everybody, I've been doing it for a year and a half. It works for me, and maybe it'll work for you well that's that's quite something that's quite something tape your mouth shut so it's not just putting a piece of tape over your mouth is it yeah it is yep uh i i I use paper tape but it's but it's easy if you've got 
facial, you know, or a little bit of facial hair, or whatever. And kind of my my wife my wife says the paper tape is a little too harsh on right her skin and her lips, and so she switched to I think it's called waffle tape. It's it's oh, just so a if little somebody less- breaks into your house at night, they're going to think that somebody was there before them. No, no, and, and, right, and it's not like it's tape that's wrapped around your head or anything. It's 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 a little mustache of tape under your nose. Uh, some people put it vertically, okay, uh, but I, I I go across, and like I said, it's just it's, well, that it's, would it's, exfoliate your lips, right? Oh my goodness, there, there, well, there's some benefits. The benefits. There. Oh there's my, some benefits. Well, uh, <laughs> on that note, we are out of time. Talking. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming in. Thanks, Trudy. And uh, I guess you're hosting my spot next week. Yeah, I'm well, looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've hosted. All right. Okay. Uh, t- t- uh, tune in for tomorrow's After 9 at 9 o'clock. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is Community Radio 93.1 CFISFM, proudly supported by Prince George businesses like Copar Administration.